coming up on today's episode. The only way that I was really going to move forward was to take charge of myself. I was really the only one who could take charge of myself. That was the aha moment for me. It sounds so simple, but for some reason it eluded me for a while. Hey, it's Josh Carey, the hidden entrepreneur. Why is that? Well, I spent 40 years hiding. That's right, showing up in every situation, hiding my true talent, my true ability in exchange for seeking the approval of others. No more of that. I'm now on a mission to help those do exactly what you've always known is possible. This is how it's done. Well, welcome right into the show. It is Josh Carey. I'm joined here with a very special guest for a variety of reasons, least of which this is the very first podcast appearance she is making. Help me welcome to the show Kathleen Linta. How are you doing, Kathleen? I'm doing great, Josh. How are you today? I'm great. So as I said, we'll get into your coaching business, which is Kathleen Linda Coaching. We'll get into you, your story, all of that today. But like I said, this is in fact the very first podcast appearance you've ever made in your whole life. Is that right? That's right. And You're never too old to learn something new, right? There you go. So why why have we gotten to this point? Why is this even taking place? Have you thought about it before? Have you considered it? Have you just forgotten about it? How did we get here today? Well, Josh, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I decided to come on this show is that I really loved your emphasis on coaching and really focusing on those of us who try to help others by coaching every day. And, uh, you know, there's been other opportunities, but I think for me, it was really a chance to tell people a little bit more about what I do and also to sort of share the love, right? We've got a lot to be grateful for these days, even in these trying times. And I've been trying to work with my clients to help them to move into a little more joy in their lives. And it was just the perfect time for me to do that. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to be the first spot you are taking here. Let's get right into your coaching business. It's Kathleen Linda Coaching. What exactly is that? Who do you serve and how do you help them? I serve primarily women, which is uh, interesting because my uh, past career has really been in a very male-dominated field. But it seems that uh, women are, are the ones who are coming to me these days. And it's women who are in transition, uh, primarily women in midlife who have gone through some of the changes that I've gone through. Uh, physical and mental, and have also found themselves in a in a conundrum where they really don't understand who they they are serving and who they are. I came across it myself, closing a business that I had for over thirty years, and I kind of had an identity crisis, and it was surprising to me. I really didn't expect it, but it also occurred at the same time as my sons were going off to college. It was going through menopause. All these changes were happening all at the same time. And I really felt overwhelmed by it and ended up uh, in a very depressed state and had some medical issues that were probably related to that as well. And I thought, you know, since I've gone through it myself, I can at least help to guide other women who are facing the confusion 
of transition in midlife. You know, we sort of think at our age that we have things figured out, but guess what? Things change all the time and we really don't. And sometimes we just need a little bit of guidance. Yeah, as a coach, it always seems that often we find ourselves coaching and mentoring others who are a few steps back from where we used to be. And if I'm hearing you correctly, that's exactly what you did. What were some of the actual tangible steps that you had to put in place for yourself that you then thought, wow, this worked for me. Let me help others who I know are going through it. What was happening there? Well, it was several things. And and the first was really, I also sought help, right? I didn't didn't try to go it all on my own. And I think that that's a, a first step in recognizing that Sometimes you just need a little bit of help. You, you can't do it by yourself. And uh, I was able to find a couple of very interesting coaches myself who sort of led the way and, and seeded that path for me. Uh, the other thing that I did was I, I really recognized that part of what my conundrum was, to use that phrase again, was really my own self-talk. And, you know, for somebody who was in an industry that really had nothing to do with coaching, it was, I was in a very black and white type of industry in medical education. It was kind of a shocker to recognize that I could tune into my own brain and recognize that I was contributing to my problem. And I think that a lot of people don't have that awareness. And I call it sort of seeking out and and recognizing your own bullshit, right? And for me, it that was a game changer. And I think that there's just a lot of people that just aren't that self-aware. Not that I'm the most self-aware person in the world, but just a little bit of self-awareness can go a long way. It's true. You're really speaking my language. I embrace self-awareness all the time. I know that that's something that if you want to improve, that's something that you should really improve on. And then also the self-talk. I'm all about that. I have a, uh, a keynote talk that deals with F that noise. And that has to do with the noise in our head, all of that chatter, all of the, that, that talk that really, for me, I found what it, the reason I call it noise, which turns into a five part step, N-O-I-S-E, but using the word noise, I realized that it's contradicting what I always knew to be true in my heart. So it was just there to drown out the truth that I was really uh, able to do in my life. What did you do to help yourself get control of that self-talk? I tried meditating and I have to say I'm not a good meditator, but I think that the act of trying to just be still for a period of time uh, was an exercise that I really needed to undertake. And it did teach me a lot about how to control my thoughts and and so forth. And I have, you know, some very basic exercises that I do with my clients and it's a lot of visualization, you know, to me, I'm a very visual person. So for me to visualize those thoughts as little dark clouds clouding my horizon was very useful for me. And I found that in meditation, I could just sort of push them aside and let the rainbow and the sunshine come through and understanding that, that even though there are those thoughts there, there's also that quiet voice behind those thoughts that is your your positive voice, right? So we often you know go to the negative right away. And the ability to sort of move that little dark cloud aside and allow that smaller voice behind the loud 
negative voice was really very important for me. And it helped me to tune into that frequency and to understand it and to recognize it when I went back to meditating again. You made a couple of references to your prior industry that you were in. What was the field you were in? Uh, I ran my own medical education company for about 30 years. Which means what? What is that? It's a company that created uh, educational materials for physicians, uh, nurses, and other healthcare providers to educate them on new technologies or new medications. And uh, what we did was funded by educational grants from various sources, including the U.S. government, uh, medical societies, and some pharmaceutical and device companies. So we were teaching doctors, essentially, about new advancements in their field. And this was your your company? Yes. Wow. 30 years, long time. Sounds like it, it was a successful venture. Why did that come to an end? Uh, the entire industry changed quite a bit. And there was a lot of governmental regulation that affected it. Just the way that physicians uh, started to learn was very different. Uh, there was a lot of uh, light sh- shown upon the relationship between companies like mine who may or may not have been doing exactly what they were supposed to be doing from an ethical perspective um, and people that were providing them with funds. So it it became a little, uh, the the industry itself actually shrunk a bit and uh, it really wasn't my passion anymore. It became difficult to do really what we wanted to do without a lot of governmental intervention. And then what was that transition for you like? Was there a lot of downtime in terms of the actual amount of time before before going into your, your next venture? Uh, there, there was some downtime. I actually worked with a friend of mine who had a 3D animation company and helped him to run that company for a little bit of time. That was really fun. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was interesting, but I did find that that period of transition for me actually, uh, became a time when I was going through some other changes as well. So it, uh, it became a time when I really lost my identity to some extent. I'd always been the the mom and the, uh, strong person in the family, you know, holding everybody together and running this business and being superwoman and, you know, all this sort of thing. And, a lot of those identities shifted. So that was the time when I really started to seek my own coaching and to try to get to the bottom of how I was feeling because I really wasn't feeling myself anymore. What was the big aha moment with your coach that really put it all into perspective for you? The click, if you will. For me, it was really the the concept that you really are in charge of your own life and your own future. And it sounds very uh, straightforward, but but it really isn't. You know, so many people take a victim mentality or, you know, blame other people for their circumstances. But my circumstances had shifted so much. And it was like I was standing on thin ice. You know, I was standing on unsettled sand. And it was a feeling that I wasn't accustomed to because I was accustomed to being responsible for and in in power of everything that I was experiencing. And so once I realized that the only way that I was really going to move forward was to take charge of myself, I was really the only one who could take charge of myself. That was the aha moment for me. It sounds so simple, but for some reason it eluded me for a while. And then how did that 
translate into a coaching business and I'm going to help others do this. There had to have been a gap between what was next and arriving at that. It's true. And, you know, what I found was I had I had reached out to a lot of my friends and people, colleagues that I worked with and the consistent thread, because I basically said, you know, who who am I to you? You know what? I asked that question, you know, who do I appear to be? Who am I to you? And many of them said, you know, you're the person that always reaches out and gives somebody else a hand up. You're that person that people come to when they're looking for advice, they're looking for input. And, you know, I had a couple of friends who actually are life coaches who basically said, we don't understand why you're not life coaching already, because you have so much wisdom that you can share with other people. And after hearing that reflected back to me a number of times, I thought, you know, maybe there is something to this. I'd always helped female colleagues, you know, women who are perhaps younger, who are looking to be successful with their own businesses. But uh, I never thought of it in terms of helping people go through the transition in midlife that I had experienced myself. So how do we, how do we say what your strength is in all this? What are you really good at in this role? I think what I'm really good at is listening to my clients and asking and reflecting questions back to them to allow them to find themselves. And it, I view the coach not as someone who blows a whistle like my husband does in high school football, you know, and gets people to do what they want. But I view a coach as someone who is empowering another person to discover the strength that they already have within them. I'm sort of like those ruby slippers, right? That Dorothy has, you know, even though she thought that she needed something else to get back home, it was always within her the whole time. So I think, I think that's really my strength is to, is to help people to not only recognize, but to get in touch with and to self-empower themselves so that they can make the changes that they need to make in their lives to be happier and more joyful. When you had this revelation that uh, others were really validating for you, how did you go out and find your very first client? I went through friends and family, and it worked beautifully. Uh, there were a few uh, women who were going through the same thing that I was going through previously. And uh, I just reached out to them and, and said, you know, this is what I'm doing. I just finished this coaching course. I think I have a talent for this, but, you know, I want to be able to help you if I can. And just listen to them and listen to their story and what they were seeking. And we crafted a plan together so that they could get from that place that they were stuck in to that more joyful and fulfilled place that they wanted to be. What year was all this, by the way? How long ago? Uh, I started coaching just a couple of years ago. So it was you know, two, three years ago before COVID about a year before COVID. And what does the process of working with you really look like? Once somebody signs on and says, yes, let's get going, what happens? I do primarily one-on-one coaching. And uh, what we do is set up a schedule so that I, I like to meet with someone about at least 10 times. I find that depending on what their circumstances are, that it takes a couple of times just to really get them oriented to the process. Um, and usually it's once a week. Sometimes it's once every two weeks. Uh, I consider myself a coach that wants to become redundant, right? I don't want to be someone that they're looking to for the next 20 years. You know, that's not my role. Mm -hmm. I really want to help people to understand where they want to go, what their, what their goal is, what their target is, 
and create a pathway for that goal and to set up milestones and accountability along the way so that you know we will go through some exercises together and could be visualization exercises it could be uh, you know brief meditation together it could be brainstorming sessions it really depends on what the need is at that moment and then we will uh, set up homework for the next time because i really believe that the process of transformation takes place not during that session necessarily but during the times in between and then uh, work towards that uh, transformation on a session-by-session basis. Tell me about a time that really stands out with one of your favorite clients and what happened, what took place there. I had a uh, client, and this she is uh, actually a younger client uh, who is going through a big transition herself. Uh, I also find that young women who are just getting out of college or early in their careers uh, reach out to me because of my experience uh, in business as well as my professional experience as an entrepreneur. And uh, she had absolutely no idea really what she wanted to do in her next career step. Uh, she was in the the entertainment business. And uh, what I found was that she really, really didn't didn't know who she was. And so we went through a number of exercises where we really talked about her values and her, you know, what she really loved about when she was in school and what her first job was and so forth. And it turned out that she really uh, decided that her passion was singing and she had done it as a uh, hobby, but had never done it herself professionally. And uh, we helped her to put together a program where she could expose herself to some people in the in the industry and you know take advantage of some opportunities that that came up when she focused on that industry and she is now working towards a very successful singing career and uh, one of the things that I loved about her was that she even though she was very talented had a lot of self-doubt and a lot of a lot of concern about what other people thought of her and not a lot of self-confidence. And I think that's what I'm most proud about is that now she's a very self-confident young woman. And I believe that whatever she wants to achieve, she'll be able to achieve. That's amazing. For the person listening, paint the picture of who your most ideal client to work with is. What do they look like? What are they dealing with? How can they self-identify? I think my ideal client really is a woman who is on the threshold of either changing her life or she has gone through some significant change. And primarily in midlife, I think that there's so many things that happen at the same time that we we know are going to happen, but we don't really know what kind of an impact they're going to have on us. Uh, I was really thrown by the impact of menopause. And it was, you know, you always think, oh, you're going to have hot flashes and all this sort of thing. But, you know, what I didn't know was that it can really create a feeling of brain fog. And it's pretty common. And it's just not talked about. So I think the woman who could be the ideal client is someone who all of a sudden finds themselves in a situation where they don't feel as capable as they did before. Situations have changed. They may be in a relationship change. They may be empty nesting. Their children might be going off to college. Their career may have shifted or they've retired. And all of a sudden, they're not quite sure who they are anymore. Oh, identity and, again, right? Yeah, it's the identity. And also, you know, they just, 
might not feel that they're as capable as they were before. And that was the thing that really threw me was I think about what I did as a younger woman, you know, raising two children and running my own business and thinking, I know that I did it, but I don't know if I could do it again. You know, I really had that feeling and it was, it was kind of scary. And now how do you feel? You feel like you've got this business, you're succeeding playing the part that you need to be doing. I, I get, yes, I get more gratification out of helping other people and seeing them move forward. And I do feel very confident in my ability to help them. And I do believe that that's really perhaps what my entire career was, was created for, was for me to be able to impart this wisdom upon others, not just from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint as well, because you know, a lot of the women that I that I talk to are entrepreneurs, and it's different. You know, as an entrepreneur, Josh, that there's a lot of pressures on entrepreneurs to be successful, and you have a lot more pressure on yourself because other people are depending on you. So it's a very different kind of perspective than than someone who might just be, not just be, but might be in a career where they have a very specific position in a large organization, which I've also done. Uh, but it's a very different kind of pressure. I love how aware and specific you are about the person that you serve. Crystal clear on that, which I know as a as an entrepreneur, as a business person, as a coach, that's necessity 101 there. You need to know that sooner or later so you could go out and attract them and market to them. How do you currently market your service these days? Well, it's it's so funny that you ask because I am in the process right now of assessing how I do that because right now I you know I have a website, I have uh, Facebook pages, I have uh, some organizations that I'm part of. I reach out to them that way. I do some local uh, outreach where I have some uh, local groups through Nextdoor and Facebook as well. I don't have all my clients locally. I, it doesn't matter to me where my clients are. We can meet on uh, on FaceTime or or uh, by telephone. But I do believe that there are other avenues that I should be using. And, you know, certainly using this podcast as, as one example, I am exploring some new options, because I think that now that I'm really clear on who I want to serve, that it's, it's time that I reach a little bit broader. I want to be flexible in my schedule, though, I have to say, I mean, I was so busy as an entrepreneur and working so many hours and so forth, I'm kind of enjoying a very flexible schedule. And so I won't take on a lot of clients, but I will take on the right clients. And I think that's all that matters. Yeah. And one thing I've noticed, I said at the top of the show that this is your first podcast, uh, but you are, you're every bit a communicator. You're educated naturally. You're uh, smart. You're aware. You've got all your ducks in a row, as they say. All that to say is that you're you're coming across very well. So even though this is your first appearance, you are very well spoken. Has that always been the case? I believe so. I mean, part of my professional career was involved in presenting information to other people, right? And uh, very discerning audiences all the way up to neurosurgeons and cardiovascular surgeons who really don't suffer fools gladly, as you can imagine. So, so I am fairly, I'm pretty comfortable speaking in front of one person as I am with you right now, Josh, but also up to thousands of people that doesn't intimidate me. And, uh, I feel pretty comfortable doing that. 
clearly. Well, well said. Uh, before we go, I want to I want to hear more about Kathleen Linta, the upbringing. What was life like for you growing up? Paint that picture for us. I was very, very fortunate in my upbringing, Josh. I had two amazing parents. I lost my father about five years ago, but I was the oldest of four children. And I think he secretly wanted a boy because my one of my first gifts from him as a small child was a train set. So he uh, had very high standards for me, He, but yet he always told me that I could do anything that I wanted to do and his self-confidence in me. Uh, or his confidence in me was was incredible. And my mother was an amazing woman also. they She raised four children and she gained some gray hair probably before she was 30 with the four of us. Uh, but what I did learn from both of them was that they had a very strong partnership in raising us. My father was a, was a traveler. He had quite a bit of uh, responsibility outside of the home. So my mother held the fort down, so to speak. And uh, they worked very well as a team. And they also had a great curiosity about life in general and his career and her, her support allowed them to experience a lot of travel. For instance, they traveled to all the continents in the world, including Antarctica in their sixties and uh, imbued that love of travel and the curiosity about the world into all of us. So I was very, very lucky to be loved not only by my incredible parents, but three younger siblings. And uh, we're still very close this day. In fact, I'm going to be traveling and seeing them, except for my brother, but my sisters and my mother next week. So amazing. Leave us with what you identify as your core message that you love to share and impart on the world. My core message, Josh, is no matter how old you are, there's more joy to be had in your life. And even if your life circumstances change, you always have the ability to respond in a way that will serve you best. That's absolutely brilliant. Kathleen Linta, how can the person listening follow up with you and keep this conversation going? I would love to hear from people and probably the best way to reach me is via email. And that's Kathleen at KathleenLintaCoaching.com. We will link to that in and around the episode. You did it. Podcast one. Under your <laughs> Thanks, belt. Josh. Yes. How did it feel? Thanks. How do you think you let's evaluate in real time on the air? How did this feel? How did it go? Oh my gosh, Josh. I was so excited to get on today. I, Today, I came from a place of immense gratitude, and I'll tell you why. My best friend yesterday got a kidney transplant, and she is doing great. So from my perspective, the world could not be a better place. I'm so, so thrilled for her, and it's a, literally a life-changing experience for her and for me and for her entire family and everyone who loves her. So that's where I came from today. And I'm I'm so happy that we scheduled this today because it allowed me to come here with an incredibly positive and abundance-filled mindset. And from that perspective, I just said, whatever happens with Josh is going to happen. It's a great experience. And I hope that you enjoyed it too, because I did. I love that mindset. I thank you for allowing me to be the first to host you. I hope this is the first in a long line of powerful and amazing guest appearances for you. You have my support in every way, Kathleen, going forward. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, Josh. Hey, you made it to the end of the episode. Doesn't it feel great to start something and finish it? I love that feeling. Here's what I want you to do next. Head on over to my website, joshcarry.com slash podcast, and let me know exactly what you loved most about this episode. What did you learn? What did you discover? What are you going to do next? And I'm going to send you a free gift as my way of saying thanks. I appreciate you taking your time to tune in today. We'll do it again soon.